Hi, welcome to Shaky Sports Journeys. Thank you as ever for joining us. Please be subscribing free to the channel. Much appreciated. Great guest for you today. Um, somebody who's done remarkably well in cricket for many, many years. Um, and I'm, I'm talking about ex-Pakistani women's captain, Sanamir. Asalaamu Alaikum. Wa Alaikum Asalaam. Lovely to have you. How is, uh, how is this? I believe you're in Islamabad right now. How is everything yeah. over there? All good. I'm really uh, enjoying Islamabad and uh, I've got some work here. So enjoying the work also. So life's good. Alhamdulillah. Good, good, good. I'm glad to hear it. So what I want to do is take you on a quick journey today through your, uh, through your cricketing career. I want to start by asking you a little bit more about your family background, where you grew up, etc. Um, and how you, got into, how you got into cricket. So my father was in the military um, and we kept moving cities and um, we kept, I kept making friends through cricket. I used to play street cricket with my elder brother. So um, I've told this a, a lot of times that whenever we go to a different city, my parents would be searching for a school and I would be searching for, for children my age to play cricket with or sometimes elder, my, uh, elder to me. So yeah, I mean, that's how I fell in love with cricket. I watched it on TV. I watched it on the streets. I started playing with my brother. And that's how I started. It's interesting. I've spent a lot of time over in Pakistan. My family is from uh, in Pakistan, is from Lahore. Um, so I know the street cricket you're talking about. I'm assuming there was a bit of tape ball uh, action going on. Um, but what I, find, what I find interesting is my cousins, for instance, my girl cousins, they, they never partaked or were really encouraged to partake in going out in the street and, and playing with the boys who were playing tape ball. It was always male-dominated. How, how was that for you? Yeah, so mostly I was the only girl. Um, but the difference was, firstly, my brother would accompany me and he had no issues. He would always encourage me and my family had no issues with that. And secondly, we always played with uh, within the cantonment area. So when you are in the army, generally it's very safe. Um, uh, the cantonment area is very safe and the people know, everyone knows each other. There are no uh, unknown neighbors or unknown people around. So even being on the street, it, it feels safe for everyone um, in a cantonment because the, it's a very limited number of families living there. So I think that was another edge I had, uh, apart from a very, very supportive family. And um, and then I was, of, of course, I was a bit adventurous. Everyone knew that. So uh, if there was some, some problem, I could deal with it on the street also. So, yeah, so I think all these three things combined... I like to hear that. I like to hear you were tough, basically. You were tough. You could uh, you could give as good as you got. If somebody tried to give you a bit of chat, I'd imagine during a street tape ball game, you could uh, you could hold your own. That's that that's that's good yeah, to hear. Yeah, and I think and I, I I'm really a big advocate of um, of girls uh, learning taekwondo at a young age. Uh, <laughs> it's not it's not that you go on beating people, but it's very important to have self defense. And I I remember it was. It was an optional uh, thing in our in our school, and I just I was interested in all the outdoor physical activities. And I, the moment I I started learning taekwondo, I think that gave me an extra extra confidence also on the street. I mean, I knew I would never start a fight, 
but I knew how to defend myself. So even though it wasn't required, but deep down inside, I had that inner strength that I'll be able to manage it. So I think that's something we can all, I mean, encourage our, our girls, especially uh, to, to learn. I mean, just to have the art of self-defense. I think it, it, it can do a lot for the confidence of young girls. It's interesting you mentioned that. I had on um, another girl from over in Scotland, Abdaha Maksud, who I'm, I, I, I'm sure you're probably aware of. Yes. And she also learned Taekwondo at a, a very young age. So I've got a daughter who's soon to be two. I'm hoping I will follow her in your footsteps and get her trained in Taekwondo as well, because I would like to know that she can defend herself as well. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a must. And um, it's, it's always what, what was really great about Taekwondo, where I learned my teacher was really great. Um, the first thing they taught me was it is all about self-defense. So it's not about being aggressive. It's not about learning to fight, but it's about being able to defend yourself. And yeah, I think everyone, boys or girls, everyone should should learn it. Um, yeah, so I, I'm, I, I'm really hopeful that your, your little girl when she grows up, uh, is confident and uh, is uh, safe and, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, Sana, when did, when did you start achieving from just playing tape ball cricket? What kind of age were you in your youth when you started getting to play for some teams? So, that, it's a very interesting thing because I would only play with boys. I, I never knew that there were any other girls who would play, uh, who are playing cricket. There, there's one girl, Sidra, who used to play with me on and off on the street. But there was no other girl I ever knew of that who, who would play. So, my only concern growing up was that, okay, I'll be good enough for a Pakistan team, but will there be a team that I can play in? Yeah. So that would be my concern. But then um, I, I saw, my, my mother basically saw an article in the newspaper. It was uh, from uh, the two sisters, the Khan sisters, when cricket was under them. And uh, so I wrote, there was an address that you could give uh, trials so I wrote to them after six, seven months, we got a reply, we got a date, we went for trials and there were 80 girls wow. uh, there for trials. And I was blown away for just for the fact that there's so many girls who want to play cricket. And then um, after that, um, then uh, I wrote to the then president, Parvez Musharraf, because there was quite a lot of conflict between the two bodies, cricketing bodies. Uh, so me at age 18, uh, I played my first hardball cricket at the age of 18. And 18 and a half, I got my first trials because then PCB took over. And the prime minister, the president was the patron in chief at that point. So he, uh, when I wrote to him about the two groups and I asked him to have neutral selectors. So all the best players from both the groups, because the groups were fighting with each other. So my intention was that the best players can represent Pakistan. I was very young, but I just just wanted that um, because I met both the girls from both sides and I really wanted uh, the best teams to represent Pakistan. And then I got a call for the trials uh, when I wrote that letter to the president that um, where you should have neutral selectors and you should uh, ask both the girls from both the groups to come. 
So I was called in first, then uh, Uruj was called, then uh, Batul was called and Sajda. So all the girls from the other group started coming in into the PCB setup also. So that's how I started. And I think at the age of 18 and a half, I played my first hardball practice match. And then at the age of almost 19, I played my first game for Pakistan. So there were no pathways. It was very, um, so I learned on the job. I, I, I have to say that. That's amazing. You know, for an 18 and a half year old girl to have that confidence to write a letter to the prime minister and say, look, this is what I think would be for the best, which I agree. You have to bring all, all of, you can't have groups. Otherwise it's going to struggle to be yeah, successful. So because, because I was very clear, I, I really wanted to play cricket. I really wanted to represent my country and I really wanted to have it fair and square, to have neutral selectors, because that was the only way forward, because otherwise one group would not play with the other, the, the first group would not play with the second. So that meant that we would lose out on players. Eventually we did, we did lose out, still we did lose out on players because it was not handled the way it could have been. But uh, at least some of the players, some of the good players did come into the other setup also. So, I mean, it was not perfect, but it was as perfect as it could have been under the circumstances, just because a few players from one side came to the other side and then we met each other and we kind of realized that everyone just wants to play cricket. Yeah, no, wonderful, wonderful luck. So you, you, you really are one of the originals. You paved the way. For a, for a lot of, uh, of young girls who now aspire to, I'd imagine, be, be like yourself and play for the countries. I, th- I think, it's, I think it's, it's, it's really, really, really excellent that you've uh, you, you had that confidence. My next thing is, were you always talented as an off-spinner when you were playing with your brother in the street? Were you an off-spinner from a young age? No, I was a medium-paced bowler. Uh, okay. my, I modelled my action on Wakari Yunus's action. Okay. I loved his run-up and his Yorkers. And that's all I knew. Uh, so um, there was a one single street lamp um, on the street we used to play in or play on. So in the morning, I would be my Vakariuna self running in hard and bowling all those medium paces. So throughout the day, four or five hours, sometimes you would play cricket and I would be bowling as a medium pace bowler. But after sunset, we would break for prayers and then come back and it was dark and there was only one sun, uh, street light. So then we used to play spin bowling. We wanted to just keep playing the whole day. Yeah. So there uh, at the night, when whenever there was night cricket, so because there was only one street light and we couldn't see the fast ball, so everyone would turn into a spinner. So I, I learned off spin, I learned leg spin. So we used to keep doing all these variations and play just for fun. And with different rules. Um, so that's how I developed all the three different skills. Uh, but then I, I debuted as a medium pace bowler for Pakistan. My first wicket was as a medium pace bowler. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, and in swinging Yorker for um, Mitali Raj, I got my first wicket. I'll always remember that. <laughs> um, uh, but then, uh, but in a year, I just developed stress fractures in my back. Because I was not doing any fitness. I had no idea what requirements of fitness were needed. I just was came off the street and started playing with the hardball every day. So then I got injured and then I was only batting 
and trying to remodel my fast bowling action. And um, it was a very long process. You have to like start with the baby steps with just to follow through or just to gather position. So it was making me frustrated. And I told the coach that I can bowl off spin. So I, I'm really fed up of just the shadow practice. Can I just bowl for just the spin for some time in the nets? He said, okay, just come and uh, have a bowl. I started bowling. I started getting everyone out in the net with the off spin. And he was like, so then why why do you have to be a fast bowler? We need a, we need an all-rounder. So you can just try it in the match also. And that's how I started uh, as an off spinner. Because with the leg spin, I needed more time to settle. And the, our Asia Cup was right around the corner. So I just started off spin because it was easier. It was easy to control on. And uh, that's how I started an off, off spinner. By, but by the end of the career, 2018 World Cup, I, I did the leg spin also. And it became wow. the I, it became the ball of the tournament for, in the World Cup. So, I mean, I got to do all three of these skills uh, while I was there. That's amazing. I don't think I know any men cricketers who would have started out as a seamer, who bowled then spin, off spin, and then finished their career as a leg spinner. That's, that's I didn't. Remarkable. I didn't become. I didn't become a leg spinner, but I had to add into the variation because yeah. as an off spinner, it was becoming very difficult in T Twenty cricket. So I just added a bit of variation with the leg spin. Amazing skill! Amazing skill! Let's talk about some of your uh, achievements, which I could probably sit here and talk to you about all day, but we don't have that. Um, we don't have that time. But to start with, you mentioned the Asia Cup. The um, you, you guys. I believe you led Pakistan twice to the the title, the gold medal, 2018-2014? That was Asian Asian Games. Uh, Asian Games, sorry. 2010 and 2014. Okay, so was that against the other Asian neighbouring countries? No, so the difference between Asian Games and Asia Cup is Asia Cup is only for cricketers and it's like four or five or sometimes six countries mm-hmm. and Asian Games is is kind of a mini Olympic in Asia. So okay. in, in Asian Games, um, any country who enters can participate in 50 different games. And then there's an athlete village, you get to meet all these athletes from around the world. And I mean, it's a huge thing, uh, Asian Games. Um, so when uh, we were going in in the first year, um, there were uh, not the big names didn't come. India didn't come. Sri Lanka didn't come. It was us in Bangladesh and China and Thailand and uh, these countries. But in the second one, Sri Lanka also came. So uh, it was huge because in 2010, the first Asian Games, it was after eight years that Pakistan won a gold medal. Uh, in any of the 50 or 40 sports that we were representing in the Asian Games. So that became a very pivotal point in women's cricket because before that, some people knew we had a team, others didn't know. But 2010 gold medal, almost most of Pakistanis knew that we have a women's team and they've won a gold medal for us. That's how they knew about the women women's team. So that became a huge, huge uh, milestone when, whenever we talk about the development of women's cricket, sounds great. Put you on the map, basically. You know, people yeah. took note. People took notice. You know, you achieved something, and you know that's that, that's how great things happen. You can go on from there. As well as that, you, 
It's unbelievable when I look at look at your career. 226 caps, I believe you have for Pakistan. 137 of them, you were the captain of the team. It's just the longevity of your career. I find amazing that, you know, you debuted in 2005. You've only recently just hung up the boots and we'll, we'll come to talk about that. But how did you, you know, keep that keep that going for so long and in a position of leadership it, it, it's, it's not an easy task yeah it was i never thought uh, whenever i would see the leader leader leadership board uh, before becoming the captain there was one captain for one year the other one was for three years and i thought if i become captain they would fire me after a year because i i am so vocal and when you are so vocal in a system uh, which needs amendments all the time sometimes you don't get that um, longevity uh, or or leadership so i was very lucky with with the kind of uh, leadership i got when i became the captain the first person who made me the captain the chairperson was shirin uh, shirin javed late shirin javed she passed away um uh, by because of cancer may god bless her so she brought me on and then after a year or so um bushra's etizaz uh, took over and a lot of my leadership and a lot of the development of the team has to do a lot with the leadership of bushra etizaz also uh, because she was a strong woman she wanted all of us to be strong and she was not insecure like other people in leadership that she was able to give us authority and then hold us accountable and i love that kind of leadership because then 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 it's 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 enjoyable to work because you have the authority you you can make decisions and then if someone asks you then it's it's appropriate but sometimes people don't give you the authority but want to hold you accountable so i was very lucky in in that sense that i had her uh, at the start of my career bushrat azaz as a mentor also as a chairperson also so five years under her she was very upfront she would tell me what she liked about my leadership and the team she would tell me what she didn't like about me as a leader or as a player or within the team whatever culture so we had a very direct frank relationship and one that was uh, very um, i mean it was very nurturing also in in the sense that uh, i grew as as a leader through these five years so i think uh, we were at the development stage we would play very less cricket sometimes four matches a year sometimes 10 matches a year so all, of course the leadership also at pcb new that we couldn't judge the team or the leadership through that so they were satisfied i was satisfied we kept pushing for things then 2009 i became the captain 2010 we won the gold medal 2012 we beat india in the world cup 2014 we won another gold medal so things were uh, performances were coming so they also uh, thought that it's better even in 2016 uh, we beat india in the world cup Uh, in T20 in India, and I came back and I wanted to give up the T20 captaincy, and the PCB at that point didn't want me to, but I I insisted. I said that it's very important for me to to groom the next leader before I go because I don't want to create a vacuum. That as a player I go, and then as a leader I go, and then the team has to settle. 
so i really insisted uh, on on stepping away from the t20 captaincy at that point so i mean um, all i can say is that um, the group responded really well the players under me um, motashim rashid was a great coach we we spent five years together under bushrat azaz so it was very consistent leadership with bushrat azaz and motashim rashid and myself so all three of us were there for five years and i think that's the key of building a dna of a team uh, because after that everything changed very very quickly kept changing kept changing coaches captains things like that so then the team becomes a bit unstable so i think yeah i mean um, that that much i can say uh, the rest you can ask the other people why i i i had that captaincy for so long but yeah i mean uh, from my perspective that would be the case well sounds like bushra um was a, a an amazing mentor to you and you welcomed that chance to evolve yourself as a captain as a leader as a cricketer and i think you're right it needs to be like that you need but the but the person at the top needs to practice what they preach and it sounds like bushra was uh, was very much very much like that yeah, because uh, the intention was intention was uh, from her was uh, for us to grow so when the intention is that you are direct and you tell people where they falter and where they can improve but when when the intention is just to get rid of a person so you you never t- go and tell them what they should work on you just start reaching out to other people for replacement so what i really liked about our relationship was and that's how i have been with my players also uh before dropping a player i would definitely give them few months if it was within my reach to select or, or not select a person i would have that very direct relationship tell them that you have got like 3 months 4 months 6 months to work on something and if you cannot then you might be replaced with someone so if you can communicate like that with the player they have a trust in the system but sometimes players know about their selection and non selection through media and no one communicates with them so that's very harsh for them so um i mean i i i really like this kind of leadership where you can talk to people eye to eye tell them what they can do better and that's how i think should things should be i wish i had a captain like you when i was when i was playing national national international cricket it's really refreshing to hear i think that kind of attitude needs to go across the board and i'll be honest and say being a pakistani cricket fan it's not always come across like that from the men set up and i think if that you know mm-hmm. comes through more i think you would have less conflict between players getting left out speaking out in the media and causing a little bit more of a mess so i hope to see sanamir involved in the pcb more at some point and helping the helping the gentlemen I'm- out with their ma- with their man management so it, it didn't it didn't even happen with a lot of women cricketers uh, even i i didn't get the same treatment that i i wanted to give to others but but that's how life is all about um but yeah i mean um i keep telling all these things to people and whoever want to apply it implement it it's good for them but in in, in the i mean ideal world it should be like that that people players should know what they should do better and if if someone then don't doesn't agree there were players so many players who would be in denial they would never accept what what our observation was and they will still have that conflict but at least then in your heart you know that you have communicated to them so so yeah so, yeah no i think it's a 
It's a healthy way, healthy way to do things. One of the next big things is son a first Pakistani women's bowler to take a hundred wickets for her country. As well as that, you're the first Pakistani woman to play hundred T20s. Two amazing achievements. You must be very proud. Your family must be very proud of that. Yeah, I mean, these individual milestones, um, I have to say, I never really uh, kept count un until I was on the 99th wicket and I knew now I need only one. Uh, so, yeah, that that took some really good catching and a lot of support from the team to, to get to that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, um, what really was for me, if, if there was a personal milestone that really satisfies me, it was to, to reach number one ranking through my bowling, the, what you're talking about, uh, 100 wickets and all. And in that, Mark Coles, who's also the Scotland women's coach, um, he had a very pivotal role also to play my mentor, Shabano, my parents, uh, my team also. Because when Mark came, he gave me the new ball to operate. Um, and with the new ball as a spinner, I became quite lethal. And I really enjoyed taking that challenge, being that attacking, uh, having that attacking mindset. Because even as a spinner, I thought as a fast bowler. So... Because um, that's that's the kind of competitor I am. I'm, I am aggressive on the field. So that really helped me and the team. And we, we won some really good games. And I was able to reach that number one ranking. And why it was extremely important for me was even in my own, whenever I used to aim for something, it was even in my own uh, thinking was something very big because... As an Asian athlete, um, generally people um, don't reach, females have not reached to that mark. If they reach, they sometimes, in tennis, Sanya have reached that with, with another partner in doubles. But as a single tennis player, she has not reached that mark. In India, Mithali and Goswami uh, have been number one, but they have a very, very strong setup as compared to our setup back home. So um, even when I used to try to dream about it, it was still not very clear, but God was extremely, extremely kind. And um, uh, I, I got a great mentor in Shabano. She, she really helped me with the mental side of things. And Mark really gave me a lot of opportunities. I had enjoyed my relationship with Bisma, the captain at that point. And I, uh, we all knew what my role was. So it, it really was really good for myself, for the team and for the next generation who can now say, okay, if Sana can achieve that, I can achieve that. So that's breaking that uh, barrier in my own mind and in the minds of young girls from Asia. I think that for me has to be the biggest thing. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Mark Coles. I had him recently on the, on the podcast. It was Mark that kindly gave me an introduction to your good self. So I must thank him there. And it's great to hear that he had such a good influence. I'm hoping he will have, a, he's already done very well with the Scotland. Already done. Yeah, oh. so it's yeah. Um, exciting, exciting times. You, you've talked a lot about, you know, when I say to you about your own personal achievements, you're very humble with them. And, you know, I can tell it's more about the team with you. And we have spoke about the leadership element a few times, but something else that must have given you a great deal of pleasure was the fact that during your time as captain, 
it wasn't just yourself in 2018 that amazing to get to, to number one bowler in the world, but eight other Pakistani cricketers got into the top 20 rankings during that time. That is a leader must have given you so much pleasure. Yes, uh, for, for my personal achievement, that number one was the best thing. And as leadership perspective, in my leadership achievement, I always uh, nail it down. You have nailed it down. I always keep that as my first priority because, um, I mean, my first biggest achievement because I feel that developing more players is a bigger feat than winning a match, even in a World Cup. I mean, people say that beating India was big. Beating England in a T20 was big. Yes, they were big. But for my own self also in 2014, uh, December, I think uh, it was when eight of our players were in the top ICC 20 ranking. And um, yes, uh, for me, that is one of my biggest uh, satisfactory moments in, uh, in, uh, in cricket as no, a leader. It's a great feeling when others achieve... Um, you you strike me as a person that would never have just been looking in one direction. You would have always had your eyes either side of you, looking at your teammates, how you can help, how you can improve them. And yeah, that must have been a great feeling to see all the all the rest of the girls achieve something like that. And it, and I hope in the future as well, we get a lot more Pakistani girls coming through. Thank what you. was the challenges like from a mental side of, uh, you know, playing cricket at the top, top level is not easy. You're always under pressure. You're always under the microscope, especially somebody like you, who's a leader, one of the front performers of the team. Did you ever have moments where you doubted yourself or you were under a lot of pressure and you, you, you felt it was a bit too much? Yes, at least three times I wrote my resignation <laughs> and thought about quitting and going away. Uh, before finally doing it. So that was the fourth time. But uh, before that, it was a lot of times. And yes, it was extremely tough. It was extremely tough because people um, expect so much from you in, in this part of the world. They love their cricket. And that's why we, we are very blessed that everyone noticed us because I, I see a lot of other teams around the world. They play so well, but they, cricket is not the biggest sport in their country. So they... They don't get that recognition. So with that recognition in, in Asia comes a lot of pressure and expectation and criticism and politics and everything else. So, yeah, it has been very tough. Um, I, there are no two ways about it. Um, with the lack of resources, with other teams uh, uh, improving so rapidly, trying to have that in mind, trying to keep pace with that. Then uh, fighting with the system, sometimes fighting with the culture. So all that was very, very tough, has been very, very tough. Well, you've done remarkably well. You're obviously a very mentally strong. That Taekwondo from your youth, support, <laughs> of, your, support of your family has obviously yeah. given you the strength to go and take on those challenges. So cre credit, credit to you. So you passed on the captaincy to Bisma um, around, I think, 2017. You mentioned that already. And you said that it was a good transition period. Um, you knew your role within the team and that you wanted something like that to happen so you could be part of her transitioning into a captain. How, is that, how has that been for you? And how is that? Do, do you and Bisma have a, have a very good relationship? So, yeah, I mean, I've seen in Pakistan cricket uh, that when good leaders leave, there's a vacuum. And then for the next three, four years, the team sees a dip and then they, they rebuild themselves. In women's cricket, I felt that if we dip, 
uh, we won't be able to keep pace with the with the global game uh, because we we have to work really hard to 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 put it simply so i was very conscious about the fact that there has to be no dip um, so i cannot leave uh, just like that i want to have the next leader uh learn from me ask questions because it's very different to be a driver and a passenger seat driver it's 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 very different when you are the vice captain and the captain or the captain because once you kept come into the captaincy uh role then you kind of understand the decisions very differently and that's what i saw happening with bismo also so i was very happy to be there for her for for a couple of years uh and that's why i think we under mark also 2017 to 2019 we performed really well because there was uh once one, one thing was mark came with very fresh eyes and fresh ideas and the other thing was that within the team there was no friction i i gave it up uh, willingly and bisma had the support around her to to navigate through the difficult times so i think that's why it it happened very smoothly um for for the team also and for us also so um i would just say that it 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 was it was really good that after leaving my my when i left the captaincy they at that point no vacuum was created and i pride myself for that because it it's not easy to to play again as a player um under uh, under other people's leadership even though bisma was very respectful all the players have been very respectful mark was great he always knew that he would uh, he would involve me in the leadership group but still it's 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 kind of a challenging thing to do but i i loved every part of it because it was benefiting the team and also me personally as well as well as a person Yeah, I think it speaks volumes for your character. You see so many players in world cricket when the cap when they leave the captaincy, there is maybe friction with the new captain. That kind of transition period becomes complicated. I think your character um, was that ultimately that it was the team that mattered. You wanted to help Bisma, you know, go into that role. And so again, credit credit to you. You're a, you, I can see now after talking to you, I followed a lot of your career and I've seen what you've achieved with your with your with personal and your team. but i can see now talking to you why you've been so successful um you know you're you're very forward thinking um and you you know what things need to be done and you're right sometimes you need to ruffle up some feathers to make a change and i'm glad that you were allowed to, to do that i'm sure it was difficult a lot of the time but you've obviously powered through and and helped make those changes so it, it's amazing as we come to the back end of the podcast just a couple of final questions i have for you You finally you took a break in 2019 and then you chose to retire in 2020. Did you take the break to kind of process things and see what you, how you felt about leaving the game or was there any other reason? So I was um it was a bit of both. I also wanted to 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 see where I needed to go. Uh so in that perspective it was kind of a personal break also. but i also couldn't understand the vision of the women's leadership women cricket leadership at that point because two or three months before the world cup our roles were not defined and uh, when i tried to have a communication about that i couldn't get a clear answer so 
in my opinion, if you really, and we had a very good chance in this World Cup. Our pool was as such that we had beaten those teams before. So I was very, very uh, passionate about qualifying for those semis uh, in this World Cup. And I had a very clear thinking that now, three months at least before the World Cup, our roles should be clear. But as it happens in women's cricket, most of the times before a World Cup, there's so much pressure to change the coach. There's so much pressure to change the team around because everyone wants to play the World Cup. Everyone wants to coach in a World Cup. So things become very uh, pressurized. And if the leadership is not strong enough, uh, then they make these, these changes uh, or not well equipped enough to think through things. So that's what happened. Mark had to leave. Uh, I, I had to go. And then, of course, in the World Cup, after the one game, we couldn't do as, as well as we could have. So at that point, I realized I had decided at that very point that I would, I would walk away. But I didn't want it to impact the team. Uh, so I, that's why I kept my... It was my father's basically advice that um, even though whatever happened... Um, you should announce it after the World Cup so the morale of the team doesn't go down. So a lot of my leadership has to be given credit to my father and the values he has instilled in me and my mother. Um, so that's why I waited till the World Cup was over uh, before I would announce because I knew that the girls love me and they they respect me a lot and it would directly affect them if I, if they know that I would no longer be there. So I just had to wait till the World Cup was over. Um, so it was 2020 uh, then when I decided to step away. How do you feel? You're, we're in 2021 now. You're retired. Unbelievable playing career. How are you feeling personally in your, in your life? Are you happy? I'm very happy. I'm very grateful to God for whatever he has given me. Um, I've always said that he has always given me more so I'm, I'm extremely happy with where I'm at. Um, and whatever happens in your life uh, happens for the best. So that's how I view life. And that's how that's part of my faith uh, submission to whatever decisions. So it was tough in the beginning to submit and to come to terms with things. But with my support network, with my friends, my teachers, my family, um, I have a very, I'm so blessed to have such beautiful network, Alhamdulillah. So because of that, I, I got the strength back. I got opportunities, came into commentary. Uh, now I'm having my own sports show on the national television. Uh, not my own sports show, but a part of, I'm, I'm part of a panel. So, I mean, uh, I can't say, I'm, I, I can't be more grateful for where, wherever life has led me. And that's how I've always been. Uh, when I was injured as a fast bowler, then also I thought, even though I loved my run-up <laughs> and I loved Okar Yunus's action <clears throat> and I didn't want to give it up. But at that point also, I just submitted. But that, that that's something I can't do for now. And then God gave me so much, so much more in, as a spin bowler. So that's how I, <clears throat> that's how I see life. And um, so, yeah, it's been, it's been really good. Alhamdulillah. And I've been following your commentary. I watched the, the recent T20 National Cup. Um, great coverage on YouTube. I was able to watch all, most of the games in Scotland. You're excellent as a commentator. How are you, how are you feeling being in that situation now? 
yeah it's been uh, it's been very tough at times and it's been it's very new but again um, i've got some great people uh, that keep helping you alan wilkins uh, i got to comment uh, commentate with him uh, he was very helpful grant elliot was extremely helpful pomi bangwa was extremely helpful then i got to work with mike hazman then our own pakistani uh, people sikandar bakht ramiz raja they were all always very helpful zainab has been presenting so she would share stuff with me so so yeah i mean if you if you put yourself out there that you want to learn there are so many people you will be amazed that how many people want to help so i mean uh, all i can say is that i'm learning uh, i'm learning it and i'm working on it and i'm really enjoying the process no well, i think you're doing excellent um speaking to you today on the podcast it's been extremely refreshing i think you're a, a wonderful role model um i seen you you done something not so long ago with the cricket scotland girls as well and you you had a chat with them um i think you're excellent i look forward to hearing more of your your commentary um and i'm excited to see what you what the future holds for you son amir but massive thank you from me to thank you, you for uh, for for coming on and, and chatting to me it's been an absolute pleasure um and I, i know you've got busy schedules ahead so keep doing what you're doing it's 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 great to see thank you thank you so much love love being here thank you